0: Citizens of the Verse. Today is December Fourteenth, twenty-nine fifty-one, and welcome to a rebranded Readcast, now called Citizencast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in game and its develop in the game and its development. Uh, I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I promise we have not replaced my co-hosts, Seagard or Checkoff. Um, unfortunately, Seagard's in Connecticut and has bad internet. Uh, and Chekhov is currently in Dubai, where I am convinced he's trying to take it over. Um, luckily, we do have a few former hosts of Lumelia's Past here to, to help out uh, and create a great episode this night. Uh, back again after doing a great job last week, we have Jim Ramar. Welcome back, Jim. Thank you. Uh, and also joining us again for his fifth time that we've been able to publish... Um, if you're hearing this, Canuck 2099. Welcome back, Canuck.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: <laughs> he loves to do his his checkoff uh, impersonation. Now, before we get into business, I wanted to address the giant space elephant in the room. You'll notice our sudden rebrand and retitling. Um, unfortunately, after three years as an org, uh, Reed was suddenly dissolved last week. Uh, Since we loved the show so much, obviously we had to carry it on, Um, but now it is org agnostic, which means we can have more guests, including you, Mr. Kilgore. Um, Yeah, so just to address that, uh, while none of us really quite know why our founder, Techno, dissolved the org, I wanted to take the time to acknowledge the vision and the effort uh, to bring together so many great players in the verse, um, because he really did compile a, a really great group of people. If you do find yourself a refugee readling, um, I am in the process of building a new org. It's nowhere near a hundred percent primetime ready, um, but it will be of a similar ethos. The name is Star Seekers Intergalactic. And many of our former members have already flocked our way. I think about 40 of the 80 that were a part of Reed. So uh, as someone said to me, congratulations, you got all the active players back. (laughs) Um, But I will be working with folks over the holidays to figure out um, some of the finer details. uh, But you do have a home with us. Um, And that goes for anyone who's not even a Reedling. But information will be in the show notes uh, down below. Enough about that, though. Let's uh, get on to why people listen to the show instead of hashtag drama. Uh,
1: why don't we start with you, Canuck?
0: What have you been up to this past week in the verse?
1: Um, As is my habit, I've been puttering. I've been trying a bunch of different things. I've been doing a few for sciences. I've been testing some stuff, um, visiting various locations just to simply visit locations, um, uh, trying, uh, walking around different, um, buildings and outposts just to, um, see if certain places might have more or less loot boxes that are active and the type of stuff that may or may not, if I see any patterns in the type of stuff that is in loot boxes. Uh, so a lot of stuff like that. So just flying around, going to different places and, then you know, with it being, um, lamelia uh, you know, our, the Christmas theme thing, I, uh, you know, collecting uh, little gift boxes as I run around New Babbage, do a little loop, and I have a little for science for that a little later, actually.
0: Oh, excellent.
1: Um, but yeah, so just kind of just playing an unfocused game. Okay, great.
0: Um, What about you, Jim? What have you been up to this past week?
2: Um, I was taking it easy. I did maybe a couple of bounties here and there, but I've been grinding real hard for a Carrick, and I had some family stuff, so I not too much. You know, Blow up a couple spaceships.
0: Nice. How close to your Carrick are you?
2: Uh, I'm about halfway. I think i think, almost oh. at 12 million.
0: Oh, my goodness. I am woefully behind you, but... Um, but you have yeah. a Carrick. I do have a Carrick, but I, I spent real money like a crazy person on that. And that, it's competitor that doesn't compete.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that speaks to, um, you know, something that... Uh, motivation, right? Uh, some people that start the game with uh, bigger packages would be more or less motivated to do different things. And somebody Are you who's
0: commenting about the size of my package, connect.
1: You,
2: <laughs> you have a concierge-sized package, at least. Yes, yeah.
1: yes. Someone well, has to help. It's, it's not so much the size of your package; it's more how you utilize the package. Mm.
0: Right.
1: But it does. It just kind of that. What Jim is doing demonstrates kind of like that motivation that. It really, really underscores actually, you know, I, you see a lot of streamers with people with talking about having bigger packages and should I buy this package or this package? And when they say something like, well, really, you just need an Aurora and then just work your way up. And mm-hmm. what a 3.16 dropped or 3.15, pardon me, dropped just a couple of weeks ago. And and Jim's made near nearly what?
2: Half said, a Carrick. Like,
1: half a Carrick. Yeah. So... <laughs> that's probably progressing faster than what will be eventually, but still yeah. it just demonstrates that you could have, if you're going to a Carrick and you get one within you know four weeks of a patch dropping or the game starting that yeah. demonstrates that you can get uh, most of what you want
2: Probably was my math, right? Probably two months, give or yeah. take Yeah,
0: well and that may balance differently obviously when the game's launched, but um, yeah. I just wanted to comment that You guys have already, so sometimes I come into the show with an idea of what I'm going to name the episode, and sometimes I don't. I had an idea for the name of the episode, and you guys changed it. So it was originally going to be the space elephant in the room. Mm. and now it's it's not the size of your game package that counts dot dot dot
1: oh i like I prefer that one actually it's it's more more playful yeah perhaps even deeper <laughs> oh goodness <laughs>
2: if you have an arrow and you know what to do with it, you can get a lot done
0: all right well, this doesn't promise to be a girthy episode, but yeah um, you know uh, <sighs> I personally. Um, have been collecting presents and unfortunately was having a glitch with trying to sell them the last time when it, mm. they would have been worth more money.
1: <laughs>
0: mm. Um, so not so fun, but it's okay. I, it, it's fun because I was just like pittering around talking to people, about, yeah,
2: it's relaxing you
0: know, last week's events. So it was, you know, I was getting in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about, oh, I just discovered how little notes I put in to a certain section because I was doing it on my phone while I was doing laundry. Uh, why don't we talk about what, what's been going on in terms of content in the verse? So um, last week we did get an ISC and it was pretty focused on two major topics. First, we got a look at the new Glav- uh Gravlev, I can't talk. Gravlev rework. <clears throat> um, that I, I talk all day for my job folks. So in case you're wondering why I seem like I'm losing mental capacity, it's cause I lost it. Um, anyway, the, the gravlev rework. Um, and then the second half of the episode was all about, um, the actual jump town 2.0. They didn't go, go into a ton of detail, except for the fact that now we know that it's got, um, two different factions and sides, um, as well as, you know, people will be selling the actual cargo. And uh, it should be a really interesting test of, I, I would guess, the economy at the very least um, as a as a um, dynamic event. And they did mention that they would be doing that over the course of the holiday break for people. Um, what did you guys think of the Gravlev re- rework? What do you think of Jumptown 2.0, um, Canuck, what
1: are your thoughts? Um, the Gravlev, I think, is interesting. Um, I think it's going to make a nice... Because I remember 3.14 Gravlev was pretty good. There were some yeah. aspects of Gravlev that I liked a lot. Particularly, I liked the fact you could... It, it kind of... The system itself looked ahead, so it kind of adjusted for obstacles a little bit for you.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: smaller obstacles were left of an issue. And then the rework kind of... I wasn't... I'm not crazy. I haven't... Really been using my Firefly. Uh, well, I don't have it anymore because it was wiped. But you know, just because I didn't like the way it was working, um, so I'm looking forward. I don't PTU because I figure I'm already testing the game in the PU. I've already mm-hmm. well established that I don't PTU. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing how it handles now. And and I like if they can get the gravlev working good. And this is something I mentioned in one of the last episodes. I think the gravlev then. <laughs> lends itself well to, you know, the little carts, for example, when they made the carts yeah. with the little mini wheels, little yep. mini wheels in the desert or snow is is just not going to work. Mm-hmm. However, with the cargo refactor and more uh, physicalized cargo, a grav-lev forklift or a grav hand jack is going to serve a pretty significant purpose in moving stuff from, you know, out of your ship into a big cargo container or out of a big cargo container into a ship, et cetera. And then obviously Jumptown, well, uh, we, we can talk a little bit more about Jumptown because there's a few little things I, I like about it, but uh, mm-hmm. Jim. Um,
2: yeah. I'm excited a lot about both things. Um, the first time I flew in a Dragonfly was, I don't remember, on, I think, Daymar and I thought it was really cool, but I was so frustrated. It couldn't go up and down. And I thought, this is ridiculous. I'm on, like, a hover bike. I want Star Wars. You know, why can't you give me just uh, some up and down? So yeah. seeing that, like, the first thing in the video was, like, it goes up and down. I was like, all right, you had me. This is great. And then they're like, and it goes way faster. So, you know, you could have some really cool races on hover bikes now, which will be fun. Um. I don't know what content you can do that when, you know, but maybe some like dense forest on microtech or something where you have to like get somewhere real fast on the ground or caves. I don't know, but it just seems neat. Um, and I think for jump town, it seems like an opportunity for a, a organized group of players to make a substantial amount of money. I know, uh, got some friends in game that have some C2s and I'm sure you know you got some friends with some gunships and protect them you could probably make a hefty sum between everyone with unlimited spawns of drugs that you can just go sell everywhere it sounds very fun
0: yeah i it, one just to comment on that it sounds like now they're just trying to test if they how well the uh, bombs work <laughs> and if they're overpowered <laughs> yeah. right I- and and I think they fall slow enough that you can shoot them, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not.
2: sure what's cut.
1: coming, though. Yeah. Well,
2: and does a bomb kill? Like, if you have a, if you have an A2 also or M2, A2,
1: A2 drops the bomb. If you have an,
2: if you have an A2 also, when you're using it to, or does it have cargo space still? Some, right? Yeah. If say Plenty. like our A2, we bombed the area and cleared it out. Does an A2's two size three shields survive uh, a2 bomb or does it no. get blown up
0: no it, they're they're pretty dangerous right now the bombs
1: are significant
0: but i can see an org not to give anyone too many hints kilcorp um but i can see someone with really good scout crafts constantly circling the location yes to look <laughs> th- out for any danger and then notifying yeah. the crew Well,
2: and you're going to have to fly through atmosphere and stuff. So that's no joke. And if you have a couple organized people with like some, you know, Ares or Redeemers or something, you can probably blow up an A2 before it even gets close or shoot the bombs down.
1: Yeah. That's going to be a necessity. Yeah. But the other thing is, is you you were saying, you know, what are you going to do with the dragonflies? Well, you're going to take a dragonfly into Jump Town. Um, because simply landing there, there are going to be people there. There's going to be so many outside people on the outskirts with rail guns and and whatnot, yeah. just keeping an eye for ships and tanks. That that well, the tanks won't necessarily target spaceships, but there's going to be a significant no. Get some effort. ballista. To yeah, but just... yeah, so there's going to be a lot of that. So it's going to be interesting penetrating, where, and that's where I was thinking. Is I'm looking at the Jumptown map and I'm looking at this, and people are talking about profit. The profit's not going to be made there. The profit is going to be camping Grim Hex and pirating the people that show up to, to sell it. Is well,
2: that it seemed like there was multiple sell locations. Yeah. Yeah. because
1: yeah,
0: that maybe not maybe for unlawful players, Grim Hex is the is the location, That's right. But for lawful players it's somewhere else.
1: Yes, you oh, can sell then- it. The lawful players are going to need to have a crime stat. That, that no crime stat a like crime rating that permits them to land at like Port Olusar or something like that.
0: Yeah, that's did you see what um they said in the episode. They mentioned that it'll it'll remove it, it'll give you a temporary certificate essentially to say they're being lawful.
1: Yeah. yeah. But I can um, see it you hear you hear that for example, Jump Towns Up, criminals can only sell it at Grimhex, as far as I'm my understanding is which yeah. means you camp, you, you embargo, you set up an, like a a, 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 a a jump point, or not a jump point, but like uh, an intercept point at Grim Hex. Yeah. So I think you're yeah. going to see a lot of action there too. People grabbing cargo and getting it into Grim Hex to sell it.
0: This has the potential to be one of the more... See, it's interesting because if you look at every dynamic event now, each one has a subtle shift a subtle either rule or mechanic that they implement and you can tell what they're doing. It's all testing yeah, because they're trying to create these as recipes that can happen at any given point in time based on some sort of factor or even just random chance Um, that they're, that's going to be baked in the game. It won't even necessarily just be in Stanton. It could be anywhere in the verse at any given point. So you're looking at here, they're clearly testing if they can make a lawful player not not become unlawful by doing the right thing. And I also think they're probably just going to measure the hell out of combat and where combat happens in this emerging gameplay.
1: And I think it has the power to be the best event so far. I, I think I agree with you for the most part. I think there is one caveat is is something I really want to see, and I think it will be able to measure it in um, Spectrum Outrage, is (laughs) the death mechanic.
0: Oh, yes. People
1: people that are going to be really like, yeah, we can go. Like, if you're thinking Battlefield or Call of Duty, um, you're in trouble. If you're thinking Star Marine in a small enclosed map where you die and respawn on the spot, you're in trouble. People are going to get killed there and their ships are going to be blown up, and they won't be able to respawn there. You're going to respawn, like if 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 everything's happening in the Hurston system, and your respawn point is Microtech, some people are going to be mad.
2: Yeah. Well, and did you see the um, the lawbreaker changes also to yes. the way you acquire crime stat and stuff? I think that'll also mm-hmm. help a lot too.
1: Mm-hmm. To mitigate a... the unnecessary crime stats.
2: Yeah, because yeah. that was a big problem doing like Xenothreat and stuff is you'd be with your friends and it's like, oh shoot, I got crime stat because I like bumped into a ship or did something accidental and now, you know, we can't play together. Or we lost the I grazed you.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. So now they're setting it up that you need to target and fire targeted or you have a certain threshold that they want to test to see how that threshold works for friendly fire, yep. which all makes sense. And then painting a target as an enemy, then yeah. they maintain that that target paint so that they don't suddenly go blue again in the middle of a fight.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, um, exactly.
1: But like I said, um, my main my main concern just to finish is is the jump town is going to really stress test people's uh, people's tolerance of the death mechanic
0: i mean that's a great point that i wasn't even thinking of and that also sits there i it's gonna stress I, I think even not to not to like do any type of one-upsmanship but sort of if you could even pull it back further it's this is stress testing how well you plan
2: yeah because i think you big know? groups are going to have again a big advantage
0: yeah or 100%. not
2: even a big group, but if you have five very organized people where you got a scout, you got a guy with the bomb, you got a team ready to drop in and go on the ground, you know, go in and out, it yeah. organization will be huge.
0: Yeah. It's gonna be really interesting. And I think it in some ways it's probably ahead of its time. It's, and in other ways yeah. it's like amazing.
1: The one of the caveats, another is just the number of people on a server. Yes, yeah. um, because a well-organized org they get up in the lobby and essentially they took over a server and then when that runs they can just simply overwhelm the area and just print money so i mean even but that's why we are testing that's why we're in pre-alpha that's that's part of the game that's what we gotta expect
0: yeah even 10 people's 20 percent of the server so you gotta you gotta you gotta think like 20% of the server against the other 80%. But if the 20 percent's organized and the 80% isn't
2: right, it's not a
0: game. That's anymore. not even, that's not even dividing the server based on factions. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun. It'll be really fun. I mean, I, I look oh, forward I... to seeing it. I'm, I can't wait to play it.
2: Yeah. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Anytime where it encourages a group of people to get on and work together. It's always a, a, a really good time. I think,
1: yeah. So I have a question. Then yeah. we don't know. Like we we do know that um, it'll be floating between different uh, pre-established areas, and I think there are uh-huh. three. or there three? Yeah,
0: there's three
1: locations. Yeah. So there, and it's got its own new outpost, which is more FPS um, friendly. friendly. The thing is, is some people very much like I was in a battlefield clan for many years, and obviously we had practices. Yeah, And we would learn maps to know where to go, how to organize. So I wonder if there might be some improv, like, you know, Org A shows up to one of the non-used locations and Org B wants to practice there too. So there might be some of that as well, just kind of impromptu combat.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I could see that happening. I I could see certain pirates.
2: Well, I could see a lawful group of people who's organized decide, you know what? it might be fun to just blow them up and take all this stuff. We could, you know, make a lot more money if we kill them. They took all this already. Yeah. Or they left their ship open and they're, you know, fighting us on the ground and they're beating us, but we could just fly away in this ship right now and make a bunch of money.
0: Could you imagine days when you can actually sell ships? Then it's like, Oh, well, why would (laughs) I pirate them for this, the, this, you know, 15 boxes when I could, you know, just steal their caterpillar.
1: And then bomb them. Even as
2: salvage, even as salvage.
1: Yeah, and bomb them as you leave. Nuke them from orbit. Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Steal their A2 and bomb them on the way out.
0: What I'm interested (laughs) in seeing is: Will there be? Because like, will this be within range of a com array? And will turning off the com array really mess things up?
1: That's a good question. I don't know.
0: Neither
1: do I. <laughs> It'll be interesting. I, I, I'm i not like, a, like I said, I used to be a bigger FPS guy at uh, mm. Battlefield, but I slowed down in my old age. Um, But I'm going to go, I'll I'll jump into like some kind of ugly pub, just kind of go get shot. I think this is also going to test the item persistence. Uh, yeah. People losing yes. armor. People are going to want to put on all their best predator flare armor and they'll be resetting their characters left, right and center to get their stuff back. Yeah. Or they'll just be spending a lot of money.
0: Yeah. I think I will play the role of medic slash like heavy artillery. Like, okay, I'll have like rail gun or missile launcher slash med med gun. So I'll attack ships coming in, but if it becomes a ground fight, I'll have maybe a shotgun and tons of med
1: equipment. <laughs> well, we're certainly you can even going to see. a box and have all your like supplies next to you. You know, yeah, we're certainly going to see people talking about like there's we need a way to flag people that are unarmed medics or something so that we can revive people. Like there's going to be all that, but CIG knows that. Like they've yeah. they've had this discussion already. Yeah, they, they say, okay, 100%. what are our potential challenges? What's going to come up? What do we know? People are going to complain about. That's fine. They're looking for the unknowns they're looking for the stuff they can't predict
0: yeah and also like how fun is this you know like i think this will be it it has equal power to be crazy fun and crazy frustrating Mm -hmm. right
2: does everyone just split up and say well there's three of these going on you know you go here we go here we'll stay out of each other's way and we all make a lot of money and no one has to get hurt
1: i don't see that happening i think it's only one location (laughs) per per at any given time yeah. yeah Cool.
0: Mm. So, of course you said that as I'm sipping. <laughs> so, what <laughs> um, do you think? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I already mentioned the, the um, Jump Town. It, from the Gravlev standpoint, I haven't had a Gravlev vehicle in a very long time. Um, I think it looks... Huh? Yeah, I know. I'll buy one in-game
1: for sure. Like, I love the Dragonfly. Yeah, they're dirt cheap. There's no reason to buy one outside of
0: game. Um I think the the only thing I noticed just from the demo is it looks like it feels better, but it still doesn't look quite right to me.
1: Do you find it pitches forward too much? Do you find it yeah. noses down?
0: Or I just find the movements a little too dramatic. Like the angles when it pitches up or or down, just feel a little dramatic as if it's going over steep hills instead of sort of like... Guiding with the slope, and maybe it's because it's a long vehicle. They didn't. They showed. You know what? It was more awkward with the Dragonfly than it, than I didn't notice anything weird with the Nox. But that was third maybe person, shape. right? Yeah.
1: And it's I make it a point. I make it a point to fly my stuff in first person.
0: Yeah, I never fly third person unless I am trying to get into <laughs> a hangar.
1: But before we get move on to another segment, what, what think's thou of the hinted or uh, teased? New, new Grav, Grav vehicle.
2: vehicle. I bet yeah. you it's the X1. You think that's going to be a um gravel vehicle? Yeah, I well, guess it was.
0: It is a I mean, maybe it's not. I mean, I would it, I think it'll be straight to flyable.
2: Yeah. Just when whether the 360 the X1, comes
0: out. Yeah, whether it's the X1 that's been secretly worked on or something new I don't know. It might be Oh no, it could be the Xi'an.
1: Didn't they say it was a, a Xi'an it it can be anything. They could have yeah. created some kind of platform and taken those stationary uh, Dragon Puffers and thrown one on the back of a Gravlev vehicle yeah. to accompany Jump Town.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't know how big it's going to be either. We, we only have small Gravlev vehicles right now. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, big, like a two-person... Uh, oh, like the speeder from Star Wars that Luke has yeah. would be awesome.
0: Or even even I can picture something more like an anti-air but lab or something sort of mm. like that. Um, we will see soon enough. I'm sure. Yep. Um, so Star Citizen live was non-existent. We were supposed to have one, but they decided to focus on 316. Fine by me. Um. You know, most people are starting to check out this time period now, too, until 316 live. Yeah. Um, now, luckily, this week we get both. However, uh oh. Um, ISC is going to be about the past year in the verse and a look at what to expect over the holidays. N- you know, hashtag skeptical. Um, it might be simply a glorified patch report. With like, hey, jump time's happening over the holidays. Maybe it'll be something interesting. Um, and then we have a Star Citizen Live, which is a game dev, which Chekhov and I usually hate and Seagard's sort of in the middle with. But it is with Jeremiah Lee, who is at the very least, just really has a fun dynamic with Jared.
1: And they're creating a new mascot for Luminalia. Um, which, which I, I like like you said sometimes those episodes when they create pretend stuff Mm. or stuff that's never going to see the light of day that's a little bit less but i think it'd be interesting to see an actual thing that's going to show up like a you know christmas pico or something yeah Um, and
0: i feel like that's pretty viable in this case and maybe it won't be till next year or maybe it will be this year like they did say that they're I'm sort of jumping ahead in some way, but like they did say the luminalia um, like gifts this year are going to be like better and we can talk more about how they already have been, but yeah, it's kind of interesting
1: to just to kind of, you know, CIG if you're listening next year for luminalia, instead of making those boxes worth, you know, 250 or a thousand or whatever and having people complain just make people collect a certain amount of boxes and that certain amount of boxes gets you the christmas pico there you and go there you go yeah yeah
0: well that they could play with that almost as if it's a new well it's almost currency. you could do
1: like a, yeah you can almost do like a rep currency as a yeah or a token currency
2: um I like the idea of it being a rep like they had for Xenothreat, where if you yeah. max it out, and then there's different missions like, hey, deliver presents for people, or, uh, you know, I don't know, yeah. go mine, no mining, <sighs> go, go go collect boxes, go oh, deliver wow. boxes, I don't know, do other things, help decorate a tree, whatever it is, you know. Collecting mm-hmm. I,
0: I, I boxes is more boring,
1: less boring. Well, than mine. Less, yeah, I heard that too. <laughs> You can just cut his mic out now if you want, and we can just carry on the two of
2: Quantum oh, boxes, the presents explode. Yeah,
1: it's just like uh, Jokey Smurf. But listen, the um, the thing is, is I, I, as funny as it sounds. I've been playing video games for a long time, and MMOs since like Ultima. I have never been a big fan of Christmas events. I find I'm not like a big like immersion with like you know, capital I's and M's kind of all mixed up and misspelling immersion kind of meme thing. But I do find sometimes that Christmas events just kind of break the feel and the vibe of a lot of MMOs. And they're just too, re- they're really over the top. I think of like Star Trek Online um, and other games, or like Guild Wars and stuff. And I find that if they can find a nice, easy, something that makes sense, and then kind of build on that. It just kind of adds. You want something that adds that doesn't feel artificial. You want it to feel kind of just natural and a part of something that would actually maybe happen. Right. And I think so far they've been doing a pretty decent job with you know like the gifts that are all around. There might the the respawn rate's a little high on them, but yeah. Um, but that's my first science later.
0: Well, for speaking of Luminalia, which which is where I was headed to anyway, um, you know, we are in full swing of the festivities. And as a reminder for those who aren't familiar with it, Luminalia, and this is all cribbed directly from the website, so I apologize if you've read it, but it is an annual holiday celebrated by both the Banu and humans on December 22nd it originates as the irregularly held Banu festival i'm not going to pronounce it glow festival and is marked by the lighting of ceremonial lamps that stay lit until their fuel is consumed while the lamps are burning all Banu no matter where they are are considered one solely which is a group of cohabitating Banu that have formed an alliance centered around a specific shared skill set sort of like a family um but set wise they invite friends, business associates and passing strangers into their solis and give them gifts. So they will always have something to sell today. Banu and humans commemorate luminalia with gift exchanges, present hunts, glowing lights, food and drink and gatherings of family, friends, business associates and acquaintance acquaintances. Uh, there's a more in depth article, about luminalia on the galactopedia um one thing i wanted to say about it i I find it really funny and interesting and super like it's almost like i don't even want to like is it even tongue tongue tongue-in-cheek um well one this part's not tongue-in-cheek but it's sort of like I think they kind of add some elements of other holidays. So it's not just saying like, this is Christmas. No, like right? the burning because of the lights feels like exactly, a Hanukkah thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, it doesn't matter that Hanukkah ended weeks ago or, or over a week ago, but it, still it's kind of at least a little bit more inclusive and interesting. But the fact that they decided this was a Banu holiday and the Banu are the most sort of like consumerist um, you know, hey, we're giving you presents because you always have something to sell. I think is so funny and interesting, and in in a couple ways, I think one from the standpoint of, you know, people complain about Christmas not being about religion anymore, right. um, and two, uh, because CIG does the exact same thing.
1: The, the <laughs> irony sell- is not lost.
0: Yeah, and I think that's sort of like I think they know it, and they know, They just know that like. In some ways, like, I don't think maybe sometimes their marketing. I'm looking at you, Odyssey, Carrot Killer, can be a little bit of a over dramatization and, and sort of like hype on our, our collective geekdom. But for the most part, I think they're just sort of like, listen, we sell ships because you buy ships and that helps fund the game, which you guys are obsessed with anyway. So like, right. what's the problem here? Right,
2: you're happy, you get more ships we're happy, we get more money and we all make a cool game at the end of it
0: Yeah, yeah Eventually (laughs) Allegedly Yeah (laughs) Eventually
2: Eventually.
0: Um, Yeah. yeah. This is a this is a uh, for those who are non-believers this is the most elaborate hoax I've ever seen and you know, I've watched you know both of those movies about the magicians, the four horsemen forgot the name of it. Um, and those are pretty elaborate. Now, you see, me now you see me. Yeah. Home. that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, uh, you know, how have you guys been celebrating, Luminaria? Uh, Luminalia? Have you been get, going back every day and getting the free gift? Uh, uh have you gotten, I have forgot about it. it but oh, you, you gotta go get
2: back them all at once, yeah. which I was happy about. Oh, can you, know, you retroactively last get day? Them? Yeah, you can retro- retroactively get them.
1: All right. Yeah, for me, I've been going and I just daily log in, go grab it. The, I have to say, the Mustang skin is really nice. I I, I really, it's a it's a nice skin. Yeah. If um, I had a
0: Mustang, I'd love it.
1: Yeah, well, you can well, buy a Mustang. Cheap. They're like fifty bucks, I think. Oh, you mean in game? Ha 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 ha! Game, they're cheap too. <laughs> just melt your melt your Odyssey. You can buy yourself a fleet. Um, no, but the. Um, I and, and I think they hinted on Twitter that they were you know for good they'll give us another nice skin, yeah. So you know Santa's watching. So, yeah, Chris, is there is, a band new Santa? No, we just call him Chris Claus.
2: Mm. Oh, it's actually hard to pronounce, but it's yeah. roughly equivalent.
1: But I but as far as the game, the gifts, the gifts are nice. I mean, I use the um, the wallpaper is actually the wallpaper uh, on my laptop, and um I just think it's it's something, they don't have to do it.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's a nice
1: touch. Like I'm speaking, listen, I I know that this might cost you some, hopefully not, they'll have listened to it already, but for the people that are complaining, it's, they don't have to do any of this. They're just, you know, oh, what are we going to do with the wallpaper? Nothing if you don't want it. Didn't cost you a penny. If you don't want it, don't download it. You have to click on buy to get it. (laughs) If you don't like it, don't cake it. Yeah. Oh, I don't own a Mustang. Well, whatever you might
2: some people do and they like them or maybe it's an excuse <laughs> to get one you've been on the fence and you're like oh this looks pretty
1: you know so i don't yeah. uh you know secrets stay out of spectrum that's the secret
2: yeah yeah, um, I, don't, I, don't to... yeah. Oh, well, I know don't read the internet
1: yeah Oh, that's hard
0: You know the internet reads us hashtag meta <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm just being weird it's um, all right yeah, I've been clicking every day. I I like my intergalactic ugly sweater.
2: Yeah, that's um, pretty cool.
0: I'm excited about that. I'm hoping to rock it next week in a present hunt once I'm back
1: from the UK. Um, but uh, yeah, but the only thing is, is if you want to pick up some gifts, you have to make sure you buy some pants with pockets in them.
0: Oh yeah, and backpacks. No, you um, can't
1: wear backpacks when you're wearing clothes. That said. Uh, no, I know. If you go to Hurston or Everest or Hurston, Hurston, uh, yeah, in Lorville, I think there are some cargo pants that you can get there that um, actually have a little bit more room in them than others.
0: Well, maybe maybe after I've hunted down plenty of packages, then I will just. Oh, we're back on packages again. Um, I'll be, you know, chilling at the lounge in my. My Luminalia sweater.
1: I mean, if push comes to shove, you just pick one up, hit I, right-click, store in the the local inventory. Oh,
0: true. Good point. Very good point. Excellent. So hopefully everyone else is enjoying their Luminalia festivities. Um, As you probably noticed from a few things that we've discussed so far, 316 is already in the PTU um however most features aren't there um if i'm not mistaken and correct me if i'm wrong here as of today we have the area 18 hospital in game in the ptu um we have the rework and we have jump town i think the
2: only thing missing is the mining modules right
0: so, um, I figured I'd pull up the release view and talk through it. We are currently still waiting on, and the only thing uncommitted, is the DNA head texture update. Um, we oh, the shipwrecks too. The derelict spaceships, the mining gadgets. Uh, I don't know if Dying Star map is, is up yet.
2: Uh, it is. It looks very cool.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, And then last but not least, the laser trip mines tier zero. Yeah. The, the troll mines. Yes. Troll mines. Um, so, you know, there's not like a, it, it does still feel a little sparse. It does scream either, either behind the scenes work being done or some hidden stuff. I, I personally don't think there's hidden stuff unless they throw out some kind of surprise uh, inside Star Citizen this week, but I'm feeling like this is mostly it, with the exception of maybe something straight to flyable.
1: Yeah, so short from the gravel of hint teaser, yeah. this looks pretty good. And as far as the um, the uh, the DNA architecture archetype heads, I don't know about you guys, but my character is bugged. I doesn't matter what I do to him; he just looks like that default character you get. Yeah, oh, me so. too. yeah, my character is just. Default and it doesn't matter. I I can I can change it to a fifteen-one. No, not for me. I can change it to a woman if I want. Um, but uh, my character—it doesn't matter really for me.
2: Yeah, no. I I mean, I'll wear a helmet and it doesn't matter what I look like in the game.
1: Okay, but I'm looking forward. I think the Area 18 hospital would be a nice little addition.
0: Yeah, well, I know a lot of people who like Area 18 as a location. (gasps)
1: I wonder very if, would it be fair, uh, CAG, as you're listening to this as it's released, um, now that Area 18 is getting a hospital, would be would it be fair to uh, uh, have, give us an option to relocate our home base?
0: I have a feeling they'll let us do that every patch. I'm just going to throw that out there. Maybe not, though, because they might have to wipe in order to do that. Yeah, I don't know. But I have to say, Canuck, I'm really um, impressed that you think CIG listens to our
1: podcast. I absolutely, absolutely 100% think they do. And I'm not, <laughs> I say that, I'm not even joking. There there has to be in all of their staff. They, they, How can you ignore the only Star Citizen podcast?
0: I don't think we're the only. We're probably the most consistent.
1: Well, that's, this, that, that that's makes the most only,
2: important thing about podcasting.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. Inconsistent podcasting, unless you're on like a we do only once a month kind of thing, but you, then you consistently have to do one a month. Yeah. Um, You know, and anytime we miss a date, it's it's because we've had technical difficulties, because we're not professionals. Pretty much.
0: Pretty but much. Absolutely Occasionally not.
1: <laughs> I absolutely actually think people from CIG listen.
0: Well, thanks if you are. <laughs> You're making me blush, Canuck. Oh. Um, Sorry about that. (laughs) Um, What, you mean other people too? Um, Yeah, so uh, have either of you been in the PTU? I have not. Okay. Yeah, no, I I don't PTU.
2: Yeah, I try not to also. I
0: usually do, but for some reason, if CIG is listening. I am unable to install a new patch without having to completely reinstall the game. I don't know what's going on. Um, I've tried everything. Um, And if anybody does know, please let me know how to, how to fix it. If anyone has the answer, I've heard a few people say it's, it's been a problem for them and the whole delete and reinstall thing has worked for them. I've deleted the, I've deleted the patch I've deleted, well, not the patch. I've deleted the game. I've deleted the um, the launcher.
1: Nothing. Well, drop it into a general, into the general, into Discord. Somebody might come up with a solution. Because are portal. you
2: trying to just have one folder, which is the PTU, so you don't have to download the game twice?
1: Um,
0: I normally have two instances, and I have two full-fledged downloads of the game. Okay. Um, and then one time I was having an issue with it and someone was like, just rename the, the live to PTU. Yeah. And Ever since then it's been buggy. Yeah. But it's like, I still should be able to, if that was the problem, I should still be able to delete everything. Right. Start fresh. And it shouldn't be an issue, but it's still an issue. I, what happens is the launcher crashes while it's installing a patch. And then when I reopen it, it says the launcher crashed on your last installation. Look at the logs to figure out the issue, and then I can't find the issue in the logs. And then, yeah, I just just wash, rinse, repeat.
1: It's weird. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, I know we were talking about three sixteen being—I don't know. Some people say it's a little a little thin, but three fifteen has only been out. In the PU for a very short amount of yeah. period of time, so yeah. it's kind of like a you know, three fifteen point one point one kind of thing, but that's fine. Yeah, but three seventeen has got some pretty interesting things planned. A hundred percent, like that persistent hangar stuff, the mm-hmm. uh, you know, the new hospital fine, but selling items to shops. Yes, um, and then even like giving a purpose for some of those NPC taxi missions. Yeah. Those are, I'm not. I'm, I'm not too worried about the ships, but the holiday, of course, people are going to be excited about that. And that was something. Yeah. I think you guys spoke about last week one of my questions. Um. So 317, like I said, we're going to have 316 probably till March ish. Yeah. And then we'll have a few extra things that might be kind of interesting to play yeah. with. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then uh, also ship to ship refueling will
0: be in and get, You know, uh, hopefully, as yeah. that's where it was pushed back. Um. So yeah, and then I mean, three eighteen to me is
2: where it's like, yeah, that's where it's starting to get real interesting on the map for that. Uh huh. And I think the Corsair.
0: No, the the whole c but the cargo refactor is there too.
1: It's the salvage. That's the big one, and that's what people are waiting for. And it was pushed, so there's a good chance that this comes in three eighteen.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's been pushed so many times, but now yeah. that it sounds like there's actual reason for it. Yeah. So yep. I guess we'll, we'll see we hopefully. Will. Cause if not, then it will be a slim patch. <laughs> um, excellent. So, uh, that brings us to tips and tricks, which we had none on our discord and none in any of the other ways you could communicate with our podcast. Um, Canuck, any any tips and tricks for this week?
1: Uh, no, no specific tips or tricks. I mean, like I said, I've I've been kind of puttering around, so mm-hmm. I haven't really had, I haven't really been using um, any workarounds. since the ones that I don't know. I think you mentioned a few little tips and tricks that I'd mentioned the week before, anyway, mm-hmm. in the last podcast. So I'll stop talking.
0: Okay um how about yourself jim anything interesting our listeners should know
1: um
2: yeah there's uh uh i do a lot of bounties and i do a lot of bounties around yellow and that means i crash into a lot of asteroids and there's a setting you can toggle off uh and now i have forgot the name of it i should have wrote it down but uh the setting essentially um tries to slow you down when you're by other objects. So when you see the little warning that's like, oh, you're about to collide with something, and then you try to adjust your flight path, but the, then the game is like auto-slowing you down because of this setting that you have toggled on. And hmm. then um, if you turn it off, it doesn't do that. It doesn't make it a lot better, but it's like enough where you can like sometimes then just, just dodge the rock or the other ship kind of thing. Uh, so it's worth checking out i'll I'll have to look up what that is because now I should have written it down
0: no worries um just to know that there's a setting is probably enough to to answer some people's uh, yes there is a setting for this um is it is it specifically for joystick users or is it just ran like just a, it's just, just in a ran, on, at the target. general
2: settings uh-huh. so it works for every ship just the same um and again, it's not like a huge difference, but it is a difference. And it's, you know, pretty good. Okay. Uh, especially if you're in like a more maneuverable ship, you probably have a better chance of saving yourself versus a slower ship. It's like, ah, oh, you're kind of already going to die, whatever.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Um, I do not have a tip or trick, but I do appreciate, Jim, that you uh, had one. Uh, but that brings us to everybody's favorite segment that didn't play when I clicked the button.
1: There we go. It just doesn't seem right. If somebody doesn't speak during the song, that's true. You sort of just need that. Like that, like check off. Wait,
0: we're still recording podcast. I know it's for science, but please <laughs> tell me
1: we're talking now. Um, Oh. Oh, oh, this is, is where amateur hour CIG is rolling its eyes now.
0: I'm I wasn't even on that screen, so that's how you know the recorder delayed a little bit.
1: <sighs> Sorry, Zilo. It's
0: because we we made fun of our friend, and he hacked into our system just like they do with the fake notes, you know. Um, so for those who don't know, on Citizen Cast, uh, for science is all about what we did. In the past week, in the name of science, whether it's testing out the game to find out some kind of predictable pattern, whether it's searching for some sort of phenomena within the game's um, uh, sort of lore or some other thing, really, it's kind of like a catch all for anything that we think would be interesting that's repeatable. Um, So, Canuck, you said you had a little mini
1: for science. Tell us about it. All right. Well, I've got, I've got, I'm going to go back in time. And draw out of the the uh, the lost episode, and talk about getting drunk. Uh, getting drunk, I managed to do it twice now. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, you can get drunk at the bar. Uh, it takes a little bit of work um, because you need a working bartender, and you need a bartender that's not laggy. Because if your bartender's too laggy, you sober up too fast. So, um, I've done it twice now, so I can confirm that once your alcohol, um, your intoxication level gets above 75%, so 74.9, you're fine, 75% or higher, you start stumbling around. You have the physical and visual, um, uh, effects of being intoxicated. Um, both times I did it, it took about 17 drinks. Uh, to get drunk, uh, just drinking um, beers uh, because they're faster to, to serve. And uh, the trick is, though, you have to find a bartender that is working because if they if they disappear, because sometimes they just straight up disappear after about yeah. you know, ten drinks. So uh, yeah, and then you kind of walk around. Now, my next for science is going to be: I'm going to try to buy a lot of drinks and store them, bring them into my ship, and see if I can get drunk on the ship and then see what the effects are of flying while intoxicated. So that's, that's the next step.
0: You may wake up and your ship is uh, on a moon without landing gear and you don't remember
1: how you got there. That's right. In my boxers. Yeah. Um, Mm. My other for science is I actually in, the first, the first couple of nights that the Luminary gifts were available, I was running around picking them up, and I, I, I think I made about three hundred fifty thousand, uh, AUEC in about just three hours, maybe. Um, so I decided last night actually, because knowing I was going to come on, I, I timed it. I was in New Babbage, so waking up the Aspire Grand, I started a timer. I got into my armor with my heavy armor, and then I just kind of cruised. Through the Aspire, headed over afterwards to the um, to the space terminal, did the loop in the space terminal, and then headed back over to the Commons, did a loop in there in the both sides, to finish at the um, planetary services, and mm-hmm. in, in in 34 minutes, I picked up 120 boxes. Oh wow! So you could understand then why now I sold them all at this time at this point they're two fifty each, but before, if they were a thousand, that would be a hundred and twenty thousand in about thirty-four minutes. And then I went back to the Aspire Grand and sure enough, every single box had already respawned. So if I wanted to do that loop again in another half an hour, I would have been able to pick up another hundred and twenty boxes. Cause I think what they've done is they've adjusted the spawn rate so that a lot of people can pick up boxes and always find them. Yeah. Which which is why they adjusted the the value of them. Yeah. Because.
0: It's still profitable, though. Oh, I mean, that's well, what,
1: 60,000 now instead? No. I'm One hundred 30, 30,000. 120 divided by four is 30.
0: Yeah. yeah. I didn't divide by four. I did it in half. <laughs>
1: that's all right. But it's just still, it's just, it's kind of a for science. Because you always hear people like talking, oh, yeah, I made like 250,000 in like 20 minutes. It's like, no, you didn't. Yeah. You can't physically do that. I timed it full sprint. I did 120 boxes in 34 minutes. That's a lot. That's intense. That's that's still a lot of boxes. Yes. I,
0: I literally one time last week was playing and you know, I wasn't sprinting or anything, but I was walking towards a box that I saw and all of a sudden I saw someone also walking towards the same box that I saw an unmarked person. So I bolted towards it, but took too long hitting the interaction and that person grabbed it. And I was just saying how I raced the player in order to get a box and it turned out it was Haymar. <laughs> <laughs> but He's don't like, forget, you can hey, advantage. <laughs> I, you know what? I wasn't thinking
1: about it just by tapping uh, F though. You get at least yeah. pick it up. You grab it first without yeah. having to go into the radial menu.
0: I didn't think about it at all. Um, wait what wait about till the add
1: slide. Oh, um, man, I well,
2: uh, I found that setting and uh, a couple other ones that are just worth talking about is good like flight settings to consider if you fly a lot. Um, so that one is under the main game settings menu. There's a bunch of flight dash options and this one is called proximity assist default on and you want that turned off because that mm-hmm. proximity assist is what slows you down when you're about to crash into stuff. And I'm sure the intent is good for it to be helpful, but it ends up making your ship not fly the way that you're trying to make it fly. And then I think that just messes you up more.
1: Now, does the proximity assist, is that also affecting the audible warnings?
2: Uh, It doesn't make it so you still get the message. So it'll still tell you like, hey, you're about to crash into this thing. But it doesn't then try to alter the speed of your ship to avoid the collision. Hmm. Um, Another good thing to turn on is there's um, your pilot velocity indicator. That's the like greater than less than sign you get when you're flying that shows you actually the heading of your ship. So even though the nose is pointing in one direction, you may act, you probably actually flying in another one based on like, you know, all the different ways you have your joystick or mouse keyboard, whatever pointed. So that tells you actually where your ship is flying. Um, And that kind of helps you correct your course for like, oh, I see that, you know, I want to head straight this way, but my velocity indicator is pointing like way down into the left. So I need to add a lot more up thrust and some to the right in addition to my uh, current speed so I can kind of correct so I go the right way and I, you know, avoid this thing or whatever it is you're trying to do.
1: That's the circular indicator that's at the lower left corner of your HUD.
2: Um, it's a uh, greater than and less than sign. And if depending on your settings, it might only show up temporarily or you might have it turned off. The default is for it to go away after it sort of corrects itself. All so right. you just might not be seeing it, but it's a little greater than less than sign. Um, and I think it comes into play more, I think, if you're flying either really fast, uh, especially with joysticks where you're flying on multiple axes, so you're you know, applying thrust up and to the left and you're doing a little bit of a twist. So your ship has like, you know, a bunch of different ways. It's got velocity applied. And that shows you like, this is the actual way your ship is headed right now.
0: Hmm. Nice. Yeah, I, I've seen that a lot. The I, I know what you're talking about, the greater than less than.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and it's just nice to have those always on. Because then you just know, like, this is the way my ship is actually going to fly right now. Um. Especially when you know, like you're in atmosphere or something, and you're maybe not used to like flying in that certain way, and you're like, "Hey, wait a minute! Like, why did I just crash right now? I thought I was going this way, but <laughs> even though you're pointed that way and you're going that way, your ship is also drifting a lot to the left or whatever it happens to be."
1: All right, nice. Well, I guess I can add my third, which is you know, kind of a selfless one. I was, as I was saying at the at the beginning of the podcast, I've been kind of puttering and just a exploring different um, mining outposts and and um, and uh, oh geez Nilquist what do you call that? Oh, the emergency wow. outposts and yeah, stuff like yeah. that
2: Oh the aid stations the, yeah, yeah, aid
1: stations and I, I have discovered or have found that the aid stations have more loot and usually oh, more, usually more guns. Oh nice. You know, like I, f- I have
2: not looted a single box
1: in three fifteen. Oh wow! That's the whole point of this thing. That's what you're supposed to be testing.
2: <laughs> I've been having so much fun farming for a Carrick.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and then once you
0: get your Carrick, you can then actually fill I'm going to go the,
2: loot everything. You can fill the, the weapons plan. racks.
0: Yeah. Um, I didn't do anything for science personally, but I we did get a submission from Gothic. Uh, he said, I've been messing around with physical cargo space versus what gets generated when you make a purchase at a mining or trading outpost. I was curious because the cargo boxes that generate in your ship don't provide any collision to your character and you could just walk right through them. If you place a vehicle such as a rock or a cyclone in your cargo hold first, then go buy whatever it is you're looking for. It will restrict what can be bought because the game registers the vehicle as taking up space. However, if you fill up, fill up your ship first by buy, buying from a trading outpost, and then just drive a smaller vehicle into the cargo boxes, you get the benefits of both being able to carry your rover/slash go kart and having a full cargo hold. I'm not savvy enough play. I'm not a savvy enough player to figure out how this can benefit me but maybe some of the listeners are. Um, oh. yeah, so is he saying there's produced... no collision on the, yeah, on the of cargo? The, of the cargo,
2: yeah. yeah. I never you tried never to walk that. into those boxes. I just yeah. respected their space.
1: Yeah, look at that. How respectful are we? Well Yeah, that might be new because I'm trying to think. I don't have a freelancer, so the other things I haven't had an opportunity to walk. You know, if you're in the freelancer and you come in the back or you're in your, you would go around your cargo, but I haven't had. I'll have to try that on my Phoenix later tonight.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen it. So, yeah, good stuff. Thank you, Gothic. Um, yeah. Next, we have what was what was called Seagard's question, and then changed, and now is back. But Seagard didn't ask it because <laughs> I did, um, and I had asked. You know, what's your most anticipated feature for three sixteen? um and we got a few submissions uh first mavros said derelict spaceships it's not only that they add the laser trip mines to the game but that i always need more non-combat missions uh that's an assumption mavros there could be there could be npcs near them but i i believe they're probably not for this first iteration uh Zake says for sure the DNA changes to the character system been waiting a while for this one. It's going to be real nice to be able to drive across the surface of the planet without exploding more often than not. But these faces are going to change the way every NPC and player is going to look. If it gets pushed back since it's not committed, it'd still be my most anticipated feature since they've been talking about it since 2017. Um, I can't speak for everyone, but I would set your expectations in terms of the variety of faces you're going to see. It didn't sound like they were adding more.
1: Maybe they're adding more blending abilities though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I thought was more of the I think more detailed and more customizations, but I don't know cuz they didn't really didn't really dive too deep into the feature when they were going through it in isc's one of the sprint reports so we shall see
2: yeah maybe they're being intentionally vague because like you said it's just not committed yet so it might just still not be done yeah so they don't want to like you know over promise and under deliver they'd rather you know under promise and over deliver
0: yeah yeah I, I think they're starting to learn that too <laughs> um yeah. that over over the years uh Aerie, by the way, I'm not critiquing too much as, as just saying, like, I feel like there's been a lot less drastic disappointments. And when there have been, there's been a logical reason. Hmm. Um, Aerie's Nightshade says, I'm quite excited for the, gla- gra- I cannot say Gravlev, Gravlev rework. I love my dragonfly, but it can certainly be maddening to drive at times. I also wonder if they might apply the tech to the Prowler, since it's supposed to have it. Good could, could, uh, hypothesis Oh, maybe the there. Nomad,
2: too, with the landing gear?
0: Oh, yeah. That should, I would imagine that should in some way impact it. You know, one thing I didn't mention about the Gravlev rework is I like the fact that the, the vehicle will slowly move to the ground now instead of be a little yeah. hoppy nightmare.
1: Yes. And you can also do, like, that pull a full Darth Maul there, just kind of go right off a cliff and just kind of. Yeah, we
0: do. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, I love that scene in that movie. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good one. Uh, Jaeger says definitely the gravlev rework. Oh, I said it right this time. <laughs> I know there isn't too much purpose for the hover bikes yet, but I still can't wait for them to work. Uh, well, just for funsies, racing, cruising on a moon or planet, etc.
1: And that makes, you know what, I'll just add to that. Yeager makes a good point because the people I think that are the most excited for the Grav Live workout are the Atmos sports guys mm-hmm. for like the Daymar Rally and whatnot. They yeah. can actually add a viable uh, Grav division. Race. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. It'll be exciting
2: because um, they're fast now.
1: Well, so there's, a, there's your question. It, the thing is, is. I think it maxes out, again, I haven't driven it, but I think it maxes out at 200 meters per second, which is about 720 kilometers an hour. Um, and I think it's a question of perceived speed, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't feel the speed for real because you're not actually driving it. You know, If you're on a motorcycle or you're in a car with the windows down, you feel when you're going fast or not. And so what happens is, The the vehicles were going, you know, 120 meters per second is plenty fast, but you don't feel like you're going fast. So unless you're flying across the lake at New Babbage where there are no obstacles, um, you know, hitting an obstacle at 200 meters per second is going to make a mess out of.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it'll be a short trip.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So. And that's one of the reasons I think where a lot of the planets got a lot of stuff added to those surfaces, just to kind yeah. of give you a sense of. Even when you're flying, when you're when we're flying a plane, or a spaceship at low altitude, you know, doing canyon runs, um, there's a lot more visual. They they have to rely, you know, it, even in space. To it. Yeah. In space, they've added all those little particles to space yeah. when you're doing, just to create that set because they have to they have to create the illusion of movement or speed. Yeah. So I, I'm going to guess that they might end up either giving some kind of regulator. That's pretty good or tweaking the speed a bit.
0: Yeah, I would imagine so,
1: but that's all. Um,
0: good. Yeah. A hundred percent. Also on Spotify, uh, Canuck, you use the new feature that we've been highlighting the past few episodes, which is the ability to, to comment on uh, something. Well, it, it's actually the ability for a host to, put a comment out there and for people to respond um, and you mentioned that you're super interested in seeing the quanta editions that Tony Z um, mentioned at SitCon hopefully that does happen and jump town to point out oh and how interesting it is any other comments on 316 and what you're hoping for
1: or excited about uh no I like like I said the jump town is I I I'm really looking forward to jump town not necessarily because I'm going to be going there all the time but because it, it involves a lot of different mechanics and a lot yeah. of different aspects to the game. And like I said, like the if you watch the Tony V Tony V Tony Z presentation, <laughs> he was speaking about, you know, the the initial um implementations of the Quanta system. Mm-hmm. And if you remember his little map, his little his little table, Jumptown two was in that. So are we going to see a little bit of quanta? Is the price going to fluctuate? Are we going to see NPCs maybe show up? You never know. Because, I mean, what's what's the difficulty of throwing a spawn closet out there? and having Probably not suddenly, super difficult. Suddenly having, like, a, th- <laughs> a bunch of NPCs show up and crash the party. We could also just get really insane and be like, <gasps> or is there a possibility that a kraken
0: will land and start trying to take over and it becomes a really intense mission. Uh I'm just saying, I you know, guess I'm just joking. It's not, po- it's probably not going to happen. Just very likely. All right. Um, okay. So I won't get my hopes up. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get your hopes up. All right. <laughs> I know, but the spawn closet is probably, well, why yeah, not? Very fun. You know? Yeah. They may keep it separate just to like test different mechanics. Like I feel like in some ways they try to isolate certain things, but who knows?
1: Well, I mean, when was the last time you had a drug lab completely empty?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And
1: somebody's gotta be there first. The, I can't yeah. imagine like again, I'm not but when for example, when we go back and we look at Xenothreat, when you would when you would board one of the ships, you had to clear it out to be able to open the doors. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was still the opportunity of having player versus player, you'd have to still be careful about it. and other ships continued to spawn in the Xenothreat. Mm-hmm. So why would a ground mission be really any different? They've already, well, they're not very smart and the server ticks affected a lot, but just, you know, it—it it just doesn't seem plausible to have a big giant drug lab with nobody in it. Yeah, it's true.
2: Well, and one thing that's sort of under the radar in 316 is they have in atmosphere bounties. Have you seen that?
0: Yes. Very good point, Jim.
2: So maybe there could be NPC ships that come and show up to mess with stuff, not just the spawn closet, but like, hey, here's like five pirates in a ship and they're trying to land and steal stuff. So yeah. that might be like the tech, you know, to help with that, too.
0: That that is an interesting point, too, because that's not on the roadmap. They never mentioned. No, it. Oh, it's totally they mentioned other types of missions. And so maybe it just has to do with like, oh, we could squeak this in. We don't know where to put it in. Uh-huh. Um, or there could be a greater purpose like you're
1: like you're um mentioning. Yeah. Um because if you really think about it, um it's if if you run jump town 2 and those boxes are really profitable, but you you don't get enough people on a server to make it a viable event. Uh-huh. It's 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 just a money printing activity. Yeah. yeah. You don't have, it's like currently, uh, you know, I'm not a big, I, I, I don't engage in privateering. I might engage in privateering, but I don't engage in piracy. But currently everybody was kind of like, oh, you know, you know, cargo's back kind of thing. I, I'm, I'm a little surprised that nobody's pirating cargo haulers, um, as much as they used to, because now you can actually, they'll drop stuff, um. You know, people are flying out to Besdek or something, filling up a carrick, just sitting there two, three, four ticks, and then flying back, making, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, hundred thousand EUEC in profit, and they're not being harassed whatsoever. Um, so the, essentially, essentially cargo hauling with the now that there's very few thirty Ks is printing is money we, too.
0: This is where we cut Canuck out so that people don't start pirating my <laughs> trade runs. Well
2: no, so that's a good point because I know it only drops 10% of the available cargo, and then you probably do have to scoop it up, and that's going to take a while. But there is money in it. Like, the, the, if you blow the ship up, it does pop, and there's a loop pinata, and it's, you know, a, say a tenth of the cargo. That's no, A tenth it, of a be, million
1: AUEC is still 100,000 AUEC.
2: Right. That Yeah, that person was probably only going to make 100,000 in profit for selling all of it you might only get a hundred thousand in profit. It's a hundred thousand either way, so why invest a million when you could just blow the ship up?
0: So I haven't seen I haven't seen what happens when commodities are on the ship. Does it spawn individual crates or does it spawn in the one
1: giant crate? I don't know. That's I'm curious because I don't I have not seen anybody pirate anybody. I've not seen one Even I, you know, I watch, I leave Global Open, I've not seen anybody QQing about getting attacked by pirates.
2: And especially with the Ares, it seems like if you had a Mantis and Ares and like a Caterpillar, you could make a killing because the Caterpillar and the Ares could just tear apart a hauler and the Mantis would make sure it doesn't go anywhere.
1: You don't even need to blow them up, you just extort them.
2: Well, no, but i I, I don't want to deal. I don't want to deal with talking to people. I just want to blow them up, take all their stuff, and put it in a caterpillar. And then you could do that a couple times, right? Yep. And probably fill up that caterpillar, and then go sell it. Because it have enough space for say, if it's only dropping a tenth of the cargo, right? It's got five hundred, you know, uh, storage units. You could probably get three or four big ships and blow them up and fill up that ship, and then you're making just a ton of profit
1: yeah I'm a, cast. I'm, I'm a little surprised cast I'm a little know, but I know that the thing is is the reed, reed organization that we were member of was not a pirate uh, we weren't a piracy uh, but this is the citizen cast we've got yes we've got some people that are PvP piracy people yeah so I'd be curious like there's your, there's your question from the hosts is you know have you have you considered engaging in piracy or have you engaged in piracy mm. now that now that there's actually stuff to drop? Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, I guess the trick would be making sure the cargo pilot did not get a crime stat.
1: Well, there's our new there's our for science. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab some guys in in chat, and I'm gonna go put some cargo in a ship and have them blow, blow it up,
2: up and see what it drops. See what
1: it drops.
0: And that goes for anyone else. Feel free to also see. Um, not that we're trying to create a um, murder nope. spree. Blow up your friends, you know, coordinate it.
2: Say, hey, you know, get your C2, fill it with a bit of scrap, you know, blow it up. It's a cheap investment. See what happens.
0: Yeah. You don't even actually have to like destroy the ship
1: by shooting it. You could just self-destruct it. Well, blow it up.
2: It's more fun.
0: Yeah. I know. I know.
1: (laughs) And it's I know I know that's I know it's counterintuitive because it's kind of counter our nature and, and we're mostly people that like to haul. But at the same time, one of the reasons that we do like Star Citizen is because There is an element of danger, and if there's never any danger, then there's no fun in it. There's no necessity of having, you know, Sigurd would practice stuff like, okay, we're going to fly a Caterpillar, and we're going to fly it fully crewed, everybody on the guns, and that makes it a different experience than flying a Caterpillar solo down, filling it up, flying it back, cashing your check, and walking away.
0: There's, I mean, without piracy, multi-crew isn't as important as with.
1: Against Um, NPCs, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I I just think even just with like turrets and stuff, like a turret is way more powerful as a deterrent if there's someone to deter. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And it's, and and like you jump in an Andromeda and you can do all kinds of missions solo against NPCs, uh-huh. jump in an Andromeda and run into somebody flying in a Gladius by themselves and you're by yourselves in the Andromeda.
0: You're in trouble.
1: You haven't got a hope. Yeah. Put, put two guys on the guns and somebody in the P72 yeah. or in the P52. And suddenly it's, there's, there's, there's a fight going on. Yeah.
2: I think just one gunner in that gladius is in trouble.
1: Yeah. Or at it least it changes the dynamic completely.
0: Yeah. 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 It makes it much harder because now you have to avoid the front of the ship cuz those those guns are still pretty powerful, but now you can't rely on just like bobbing and weaving around the ship either.
2: Well, in a gladius is like a, a smaller ship than a Andromeda can still probably orbit it and stay if it gets close enough at one fixed spot so you you know like you could be on top of it if they've got a bottom gunner and a pilot you could still probably stay out of the guns but it's a lot harder to do that it still could but it's a lot harder Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and then you throw in the the like i would even say the andromeda and a p52 makes it really hard or not really hard but like i think that can be a complicated Undertaking because right. you can coordinate with a really fast attack ship and a slower, you know, heavy hitter.
2: Well, I think in that case the Gladius tries to pull the Merlin away and blow it yeah. up because it'll it'll exactly. just wreck the Merlin, and then you just go in and kill the yeah. Connie.
1: Yeah, but well, by the, then your constellation is gone.
2: Yeah, yeah. The, I guess that's the the trick is if you get in a fight right now that you can't win, you just leave.
0: Yeah, if that's you, all and, you do. But you also don't want to pull the Merlin away because then you're in missile
1: range.
2: Yeah, missiles are garbage. You, they right can't now, right? But now. there are
1: enough. There are enough. Again, we have to remember. If let's just okay, let's stick with our Andromeda and our P52 and one gunner. All right. Mm-hmm. If 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 the glad the Gladius decides he wants to stay in a blind spot, he can no longer do so because the P52 can harass him. Huh so he can't just sit in a blind spot so he has to either ignore and hope that he can take down the the constellation fast enough but now with size 3 shields it's a whole other thing so he does have to deal with the P52 but if you're dealing with the P52 with a good with a good cuz it's a very maneuverable ship um that gives the opportunity that even if missiles aren't as effective as people might like it's still something that the gladius pilot now has to worry about yeah and if you're worried about the, the missiles, you've got a P52. You've now got guns trained on you. It's a whole other thing. Fighting real people is just so much more dynamic and difficult than fighting NPCs. Yeah, and that's true for any video game.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, it definitely. I, I could see a Gladius winning that fight still, but it's a lot harder. Yes.
1: Yeah, a good but, Gladius pilot. A bad yeah. Gladius pilot. Mm.
2: Yeah, but I think Run. that especially if you get two two Gladiuses, now they're in real trouble. Two small or two small ships of any size, you know.
1: Well, Sigurd was always making a point of um, you know how he, again we will go back to Sigurd because he he's, he's ex military he knows this kind of stuff and and he was talking about the importance of flying in with a, a pilot and a, and a wingman. And we saw that in the... I don't know if you guys spent any time at all watching the two-on-two tournament.
2: It was very cool.
1: Yeah. Um, you really see that two-on-two is a whole other thing than one-on-one. Yeah. And so, again... It Even just, Salty
0: it, Mike was surprised at how well he did. <laughs> exactly. And, and
1: the thing is, and that's the thing, is you got a good accomplished pilot. I think it was Moist Noodle who was his partner. Mm-hmm. They're going against Berksy. And, and Berksy's a pretty, like he ultimately Berksy won, but Berksy's a pretty good pilot. And you give like, you know, you run into Moist Noodle and Captain Berks in a couple of Gladys's. You haven't got much of a chance unless you've got a really accomplished crew, but still, uh, it, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe less fun if you're sitting in a Caterpillar with, by yourself and a million dollars in Laranite, but
2: yeah. At that point, won't you offer them a hundred k and see if they take it.
0: Yeah. That's right. That, Ex- you probably won't be doing that in the future. You know, no. it, it would
1: be, I, yeah, it would be ill Catastrophic. <laughs> ah, I,
2: well, I don't get that one. What's the joke?
1: Caterpillar catastrophic.
2: I see. He took the word. And he <laughs> split it into pieces and made another word that sounded like it using the first silk. Yes. Okay, that's very clever. I appreciate so the,
1: it. of the pillars of that the, the joke were built upon the cat. I get it. I get <laughs> All it. right. We got a, we got a um, podcast to do here.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Um, welcome to WordCast. Um, so now uh, let's move on to the Q&A. We only got one question.
1: I was uh, going to put questions, but I'm here. so. T- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, I'll save them, for next, week. I'll Listen, save them geeky, for next week. Listen, Geeky's happy with a slightly
0: shorter episode because he gets to pack and sleep at a normal time. Uh, we're going to be right um, under
1: right under an hour and a half. Where we're going to be perfect. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, so it comes from Admiral Cody, and he says, Question, why do you think we haven't seen more shipped customization on the RSI store slash checkout page? like we
1: did with the 300 series. Uh, Canuck, what do you think? Why? All right. I, I've actually thought about this. I do own 300 series ships and they're customized. And my simple answer to that is the customization was a proof of concept. Mm-hmm. They know it works. They know it can be done. So there's no point in expanding it to all the other ships until they, they, they have all the other ships go through the passes. That's That would just really be just not a good investment in resources of coming up with a whole bunch of different. They've kind of thrown in, you can buy some ship skins in, in the stores if you want to change your paint scheme and stuff like that. And there is a funding element, but customizing your 300 is not free. costs a couple of bucks here, a couple of bucks there. Your non-functional coffee makers, $2 and stuff like that. Um, but I think they know it works. They've demonstrated it works. And so now they're happy with it. So you don't have to do it with the other ships. Yeah, that's, that's what I think, anyway.
0: What, what about you, Jim?
2: Uh, I agree, and I would guess that it probably did not make enough money where they were like, oh, we should add this for the MSR and a bunch of other stuff because it was like, you know, it made some money, it was cool, and it works. It's a proof of concept, but, you know, let's not, you know, stop making paint or whatever I, well, instead of it.
1: You say that, but anybody and everybody that I know that has a 300 series ship that is a pledge ship, Is customized. I know no one flying a stock pledge custom pledged 300 series.
0: Well, here's my question to you. Um, because you know, obviously, I agree with you guys. Um, but what do we think? Do we think this was a proof of concept because they're trying to test if they can use this as maybe a long term monetization strategy? Or, because if you think about when this happened, it also started ha- started happening very close to persistence. And so do we think this was also just a way to test customizations in game, but they just haven't built the engine in game for us to, to fully customize,
1: like what they talked about with Cousin Crows? Go ahead, Jim. You go first, and I'll come in after.
2: Uh, I think that that's a good point, because I could see a lot of ship customization being in game stuff, I would be happy to spend AU er, uh credits of whatever type in the game and go hunt down a bunch of cool things and put them in my ship. That would be fun to have a little trophy rack. But you know, real money—it's it better be cool stuff if it's real money. I don't just want like you know an espresso machine or something.
1: So I think geeky, you're right on both points, but I'm going to add something here. And again, this is a little bit of theory crafting, but. Bear with me for a sec. The um, you know when you actually buy a real car, mm-hmm. and you you have it you have it done up at the dealership, you have your your options put in and everything. If something happens to your car, you get that same trim.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: pre, I think that customization in in the pledges is going to be when you have to make an insurance claim the ship is going to come to you the way you ordered it initially. And you're yeah. not going to have to make all those additional changes in game. You go to cousin crows and you do all kinds of changes to your ship. Well then yeah. fine that if you lose your ship, that's aftermarket. Yeah. You've bought, if you, if they go in and they start putting in like, okay, you have a, a ship and if you are willing to, you can do everything. Cause Chris said, everything is you can do outside of game. You'll be able to do in game, but he never said the results would be the same. Yeah. So if you go in and you say, "I'm going to spend an an actual ten bucks instead of buying a couple of Starbucks coffees this week, I'm going to customize my my Carrick, uh, and I'm going to do a few things. I'm going to get some, you know, um, pre. uh, I'm I'm going to put a couple of different components in this thing. So my stock Carrick, if it ever has to be claimed, comes back with those stock items. Now they might not be like super special, super rare items that you might find in game later on or have customized and made Mm -hmm. but you get that you get that model back as you purchased it versus having to then because don't forget, you know, say you've got a ship and you've upgraded it and you lose your ship well there's no guarantees that the components that were in your ship, upgraded ship you might be able to get a hull but you might not be able to get those same components if quanta is going to work the way I understand it yeah so you might have to wait weeks for somebody to ship it in from like another system, or you might have to fly to a different system to get your parts.
2: Didn't they used to sell the ship components? Like you could buy a badger three thirty seven laser repeater for $2 kind of thing. And they stopped doing that. Uh,
1: no, but you could customize the 300 with different, um, gun and shield and power plant packages. And if you've Mm -hmm. been in it long enough, like myself, I've got like, I've got all kinds of different guns and power plants that were just part of the pledge uh, goals. Uh, I've got some kind of spacesuit apparently coming eventually that I can fly around in space in too. We'll see that, but so yeah, not quite. But I, I just kind of think that they're going to have two separate systems, and it's a way for mm-hmm. them to fund because if if Chris sticks with the, you know, once the money's in, the money's in, and I'm not charging monthly fees, that means they have to go with transactions. Yeah. And nothing is on. And and again, anybody listening to this, nobody has to buy cosmetics. It's a choice. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. You don't have to play wearing the banana suit. You choose to do that. And if you want to spend five bucks on the banana suit, then buy the banana suit. But don't complain that they're selling the banana suit for five bucks.
2: Yeah, like a skin for like a missile rack. So it's got like a cartoon warhead or like little like kill mark kind of things. I could see some very cool cosmetics and paying for those to, you know, have a a very unique looking version of a Gladius or something.
0: Mm. If I could jump in at kind of a little bit back, I agree a hundred percent. Like to me that, that does sound like it's almost like getting it at the dealer and getting it, you know, aftermarket, because that, I mean, they've said very explicitly Cousin Crows is an aftermarket shop. They're sort of more like the kind of place you go to soup up your vehicle. Um, You know, just like the privateer is technically an aftermarket ship. Um, What I'm, what I'm thinking about too, though, is will they one day enable, okay, well, I want to go to the Crusader showroom and I want to pick a different trim. Right. And so it's almost the same thing, but in game, I'm curious, you know, do, do we think that'll happen? And if so, I mean, I'm sure it's probably, you know, one of the last things they ever do, but still mm. you know, that, I, that functionality will be there if they wanted to.
1: I think that's where we're going to end up having to figure out that not we, but where CIG is going to have to figure out a way to system eventually to differentiate between pledge ships and what you can do with them. And in yeah. game ships. Like so if you have a a Crusader ship at a certain trim level and you decide and you bought it in game and you decide I want another ship at a different trim level. Well, you can't show up if you show up to the dealership and you say I want another trim, they'll say, Okay, we'll give you this much for your other ship and you have to buy a new car. You can't yeah. just simply say change everything. Now you're into aftermarket. But, but what yeah. do you do with pledge ships? Yeah. Pledge ships is a whole other beast. Yeah. I have some theories on it, but it, like I said, we're aiming for 90 minutes. So I save it for another visit.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll, we shall see. Um, great question, Cody. Thank you so much for submitting it. Um, that uh, leads us to uh, really the end of the episode. If you have any questions until I change the email address and everything else, you can submit them by emailing us still at readcastsc at gmail.com. You could DM our Twitter handle still at readcastsc. Um, of course, you can submit an audio message through Anchor. You can join Citizen Cast's Discord, or you can text or leave a voicemail at 646-783-8154. Um, if you do want to check out other friends of the podcast who are content creators, don't forget to watch O Earth, or Earth's videos and Snorkel's videos on YouTube. Some really great stuff. Um, or you could also listen to the music written by Admiral Cody and Calibri, include including the music that you hear in our current episode. And that wraps up the inaugural episode of Citizen Cast, formerly Readcast. Thank you, fellow citizens, for listening. And we'll see you next week.
1: Good night, everybody. Thank you.